This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, my name's Jesse. Jesse does hair from Trebez Salon in Blackhawk, California. I'm a busy stylist that works about four days a week, and I rely on Schedulicity solely to fill my books. I've had them for about 13 years, and they have continued to um, take the fear out of consistently keeping my chair busy, and I haven't had to answer the phone or use a receptionist in probably 10 years. I don't take new clients from the front desk and have not since I joined Schedulicity. I've been able to grow my business into something um, most don't know how to do on their own with their coaching and with their perfect scheduling system and their constant communication with me for me and appreciate them so much. I have always loved them and I love the way they support their community. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Hey, uh, real quick for the people that have uh, just joined the room, we're going to talk to Megan Gentz today. Um, Megan was responsible for building the uh, the Cosmoprof um, uh, team way back in 2013. We just released a podcast today uh, featuring Megan, and she told us all about her journey and 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 how she put that team together and all that and all that jazz. Um, just real quick, you can see in the description there that we're actually recording this, and we're uh, with the plan that we're going to release this as a podcast. So uh, if you guys have ever wanted to be on the podcast, this is your opportunity to be on the podcast. Um, so uh, if you have any questions about you know how to get uh, how to get recognized by brands or um, a little a little a little secret on the uh, the podcast that we released is Megan gave out some bombs about how to uh, what to look out for in a brand contract so um, you know those were uh, no that now that she's no longer with Cosmoprof or no longer with a with one of those companies you know it's it's invaluable information yeah it's great information to have out there and make sure that artists are, are getting their worth and they know what to ask for so ask me that's it. So, uh, so Megan, when, um, when did you, let's just kind of like back up into your story a little bit. And if you're in the room and you have any questions, make sure to raise your hand. The, uh, the raise hand uh, option is open for you now. Um, but Megan, like when you first, what were you looking for in artists when you, um, when you were looking to sign them or, or how did that, how did that all come about? How did you put the team together? Yeah, so uh, we talked about on the podcast that when we when I first started, um, we had the amazing Larissa Love, and she was part of the team from the beginning. Um, she was our very first ambassador, and we learned a lot together. Um, we learned, you know, what kind of content people want to see, what engages the best, and there was just so much to share and so much opportunity that we wanted to grow the team. And so we ended up deciding that we were going to make a team of five. 
uh, we thought that was a, a nice, nice round number. We could have enough different personalities, um, different focuses without it being too much to manage because at the time, you know, there weren't all these different teams and artist groups that were going on um, for individual brands and everything. So it was kind of a dipping our toe into, can we do this? Can we manage, you know, and, and work with more than one big artist at a time? Um, so we decided to go with five. And I was telling you guys on the podcast that the very first time that I really not casting, I don't want to say it was a casting, but the very first time that we got together to see a, and meet a bunch of different artists that were super talented, I was so nervous. Like I had, I had invited about 20 to 25 super awesome artists and I had them all come to ISSE Long Beach and they were all waiting in this conference room for me. And I was sitting outside just like panicking, like, oh my God, these guys are so cool. They're all so talented. Why does anybody want to talk to me? I'm nobody. Um, But I, you know, I went in, I met everybody. Of course, everyone in our industry is so welcoming and loving and it was we had a great day um and what I was really looking for was who was going to be the type of personality that really puts out quality content but also wants to be a part of what we're building right so who's going to be eager to work with us and try new products and give us honest feedback but also be able to say you know if we need this this topic, if we if we need, you know, the top five tips on curtain bangs, who am I going to be able to tap to give me quality content for that? So, so it was kind of a, a personality mesh plus a plus skills. Um, it was really a, a unique time to be finding artists. <laughs> hey, so Megan, so how did um how did like how did people find you for for one, and then how did they even know that you were kind of building a team, and how did they get your attention? So we had put out that, like I mentioned, our very first influencer summit, I invited 20 or 25 bomb artists to come meet with us. Um, and from there, it was kind of a, everybody knew what they were going to that day. And then they wanted to know. And, you know, we had a bunch of other great artists kind of hanging around the room. And I was like, well, you weren't invited, but you want to come in and you want to talk to us. And you know, we were just, we were at ISSE, so we were also walking the show floor. Um, you know, I'm a very unassuming looking person, which is great because I can kind of fly under the radar, but walking around with Larissa Love and Jacob Kahn and Phil Ring, you know, you get, you get people noticing you and they come up to you and they're like, well, who are you walking with them? And, um, and you know, of course, Larissa was amazing as our first ambassador and she would always hype up Cosmoprof. And say, you know, this is Megan. You need to know her. Um, it's like, oh no, thank you. <laughs> but now everybody, you know, everybody knows who's looking and who's watching, which is great, and got a lot of people's attention. And I always told people, if you wanted to get noticed by a brand or by a big share page, make sure you stay in front of them. So if you want to get noticed by Cosmoprof, make sure you're tagging at Cosmoprof Beauty hashtag License to Create. Because if you show up and you keep showing up in their feed, they're going to notice you. That's a, that, that, I mean, that's really great advice. I mean, I guess you just, and also to be very specific, right, Megan? So like, you know, don't tag everybody in the world out there. You kind of really want to tag, you know, who are you representing at the, and whose attention are you trying to get? Yeah. 
yeah, definitely know your goals before you just start tagging everybody. Um, because like if I'm if I'm a specific brand and I see beautiful work and I'm I'm looking for an upstylist and you're tagging every hairspray brand out there. Well, I don't know that you're necessarily using my brand or if you're just trying to get my attention. So if you are looking to get noticed by a brand or you want to get noticed by a big share page, make sure you know what your goal is. So be an authentic user of whatever brand you're trying to get to uh, get noticed by and make sure that you are, you know, an, an authentic customer for that company, but also someone who enjoys the product. Like I know, I know some of the folks in here that have brand affiliations and they are great about it. They are always tagging the brands that they work with. Um, and that is, that makes you almost a subject matter expert on that product line and that company. So it's, it's someone that they can trust. Your followers will trust that you actually enjoy this product if they see you using it all the time. If you are a diehard Kenra fan and all of a sudden you come out using this other hairspray that you're just like, this is the best hairspray I've ever found in my life. But in the background of all your photos is entirely Kenra back bar. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't look very authentic. That's great advice. Hey, hey, uh, welcome Jesse to the stage. Jesse, welcome to the stage. Hey, if you, uh, what questions do you have for Megan? Hey, Megan. Um, hey. I, how are you? I am wonderful. It's great, great to finally speak with you. I know you too. Um, I am obsessed with your organization and everything that it's about. And Thank I you. recently um, have joined you guys in helping spread some of this message. And I just wanted to let you know you guys are phenomenal and amazing and my new heroes. And not my new heroes, but... Um, I was so honored to be a part of your post the other day. And um, what other um, ideas do you have to help me um, share some of your um, your um, Beauty Changes Lives um, grants and your school opportunities? I just absolutely love these concepts. I love everything that you guys have been putting out there. And I want to help get to a further audience. Do you guys have any ideas on how to help me kind of campaign with you guys? Yeah, so of course, just to kind of kind of uh, set the stage for that a little bit, I don't want to go too far off of the hair industry topic, but I do want to make sure to to get information out there about Beauty Changes Live, um, and how I came to be a part of it. Really, was through Cosmosoft and through all my work with these amazing artists. I just I love the industry, I love the people in it, and I wanted to make a difference, right? I wanted to be a part of the solution and keeping this industry going um you know there's a there's a study i saw that almost 1.6 million service beauty service positions will be unfilled in 10 years and that's just from you know drop off in the industry you know you go to beauty school and maybe it, it wasn't the the right thing for you or you go through beauty school and then um you weren't properly prepared for what that first year is going to be. And you think you can come out and just be a, a six figure stylist right away. Um, but there are so many resources available for new artists that they don't even know exist. Um, and that's what beauty changes lives is really about. And I encourage anybody in here to follow beauty changes lives to get more information on us. Um, but we offer scholarships to beauty school. We have mentorships for once you've graduated um, there's career advice and entrepreneurship advice 
that we offer through our Worth Up Alliance program with the amazing Ted Gibson and Jason Bakke. Um, there's there's a full career's worth of resources at Beauty Changes Live. And we're so happy to have Jesse as part of our team that's helping to spread the mission. And really, we just would ask that you keep us top of mind. Um, you know, we have so many assets available. We have lots of, of additional posts and factoids that, that we have on our website at beautychangeslives.org that you can pull from. Um, and again, just staying in front of people, right? Just keep the message going. Um, have a highlight perhaps on your Instagram of all the different Beauty Changes Live facts that you share so people can, can look back to it. Um, and just, just staying in front of the community because there's, there's so many resources that they don't know exist. Thank you. That totally answers my question. And I think of it, I mean, as a person that supports this community of beauty industry people, um, you know, it's almost like getting in from brands whatnot to help that I will to get attention from a, a hairspray company. You know what I mean? I just yeah. I absolutely love what you guys do. And I think that um, I want to start to do more for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. One of our, um, our big partners is actually the Wella company. And nobody that we're working right now on getting more information out that if you're a Wella artist and you are using their program, you can donate to Beauty Changes Live with Wella points. So there's there's different ways that you can um, donate and keep this going. So the same goes for uh, level rewards. If you're a, a Redkin or a, a Pulp Riot user, you can use your points to keep the the resources coming. And you know, I see the amazing Jen Plank has joined the room, and she's been a big voice. Um, she's been a big voice for Beauty Changes Live for the last few years, and we just we love working. Oh no! Welcome to the room, Jen. I don't know what happened to Megan. She got she got bumped off here. There she is. Thank you so much. So, uh, uh, Megan and Jen, they've uh, they, they they're a team on on the Beauty Changes Lives movement. Jen, how long have you been with the uh, the Beauty Changes Lives? Um, a few years now, Corey. I mean, it seems like you know they've been a, a permanent staple in my heart for a lot longer than that. But I can very vividly still remember my first Beauty Changes Lives dinner and experience, and I knew that night that I would be a forever supporter and fan of Beauty Changes Lives. You know, I think as a beauty pro and a salon owner and an artist and an educator, everything that they're doing to support every position played in the industry, it's a no brainer to like get behind them and support them and, and all the things that they do. So I'm a huge raving fan and I'll always be a support for, for beauty changes live for sure. That's awesome. Hey, Jen, on the bottom right hand side of your uh, page is a, uh, is a microphone. Just click on that and that'll mute you while you're on stage here. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Megan. So, I mean, we're talking about beauty changes lives, but we're also talking about brand recognition. So if you're in the room and you wanted to help support uh, beauty changes lives, what, um, you know, how can people get in touch or how can people, you know, uh, be a, be a, a part of that movement? Yeah, definitely. Please follow us on Instagram at beauty changes lives. Um, and you can shoot a DM and you'll get me. Um, and from there, we can talk about, you know, being an ambassador and I can get you assets. And, and if you have any questions about our scholarships or our program, you can definitely ask me over there. Awesome. All right. So let's get back to the room topic. I mean, you know, as far as brand recognition, we went through like, you know, to be authentic, kind of constantly try to stay in front of the brands that you want to be a part of. But, you know, it's what what else would 
would someone do that wants to be a part of get or be a part of a, of a team of a big brand or a brand in general? Well, there's always the, the tried and true of act. Uh, slide into their DMs and say, hey, I'm a huge fan. I think I can bring value. Um, you don't, you can't, the worst that'll happen is they'll say, not right now. Um, I doubt any big brand would just say, heck no, get out of here. Um, they would say, thank you for your interest. You know, definitely keep tagging us. Um, but def- but show what you can bring to the table, right? So don't just say, hey, I, I you need me on your team. I would be perfect on this team. Bring bring your portfolio. You know, have your page be your backer. Because if you DM someone, you out. And if it's to the point where a brand is talking to you, they've already checked you out. They've already looked at your whole background. They've gone so far back in the scrolls that, you know, make sure that all those clubbing pictures have been deleted. Because um, <laughs> they are, they're checking. But definitely staying in front of a brand and asking to be a part of it. Um, if a brand ever approaches you and says, hey, we have an event coming up. We'd like to have you come with us. It's very impressive when an artist already has a, a sheet ready to go. Like a, um, I'm blanking on the word right now, but if you have like a highlight reel, of a one-sheeter of this is what I, the kind of content I can create. This is my rate, uh, like a rate sheet. And per post, for traveling, that is very impressive. And I've heard other folks say, make a video, a video reel of your accomplishments and what you can do at shows. That's great. Post that. If I'm an executive sitting in my office or sitting in a meeting, looking through Instagram, looking through my emails, and a video starts playing, I'm going to close that out and probably not return to your page <laughs> because I have just embarrassed myself and I got caught looking at Instagram in a meeting. <laughs> but if you send me a rate sheet that has some examples of your work at the top, who you are, where you're located, what your specialty is, and your rate for one video post, one story post, one, you know, grid post, what your day rate is. That is something that I can immediately work into my budget. And I can say, okay, I want Jay to come with me. I'm going to need him for two days and I'm going to have him do five posts per day. And I can do the math right then and there and turn to my budgeting partner and say, this is what I need to make this event amazing. And then I can reach out and say, hey, I've, I've received your rate sheet. I would like you to come to this event, do this, this, and this. This is what we're going to offer you as a, as it is represented on your rate sheet. Can you come with me? And, you know, it makes everything very streamlined. So, so a, a lot of people use their Instagram for, for their, for their business as well. Would you recommend yep. having a business account and a influencer or a like trying to like a brand account? two different accounts or would you try to somehow consolidate both of them in one? I would definitely say that if you are trying to, to be a influencer or an ambassador, you need to be living, you need to be living that. Right. So I don't think you need two accounts. If I have to be constantly checking two different places or, you know, tagging two different accounts, that's not going to work for me, my team. I would definitely recommend having a personal account and a business account because I don't need to see 
when you go out with your friends and all those messy stories. That's cool. Have fun. But I don't want that associated with my brand. That's great advice. Like, you know, put all those, uh, put all those party pictures uh, away or in a different account or don't even post or don't even post them. Right. Hey, uh, maybe don't post it. Keep yeah, Snapchat's them. for <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't it disappear there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, Hey Jay, welcome. Welcome to the state. Um, Jay, I know that you've had like, um, you've had some, uh, experience in, in some, uh, uh, contracts with, with other, with, with companies. How did you uh, get the attention of different brands? Hey everyone, what's up? So I just started posting content that I loved, right? And what I stood for and leaning in who I was as an educator and connected with stylist first because that's who I represent. So even though I was getting brand partnerships, I'm always the voice for the stylist and reminding the brands that we are here for the stylist. So I kind of took it in a different way, which then built loyalty with the brands and myself. But I was playing the part, like posting everything, sharing everything, and just being authentically me. And I think especially now in our time in the industry, and especially what we've been through together, is we only want vulnerability. We want authenticity. And, you know, whenever I got into brands, I asked them my number one question because at the end of the day, I was hiring them. Like they may have reached out, but if they didn't align with my morals and what I stood for with a stylist that trusts me, I wouldn't sign with them. I hope that helps. 100%. Thank you so much for saying that. You have to stay authentic. Once Once you sign with a brand, they wanted you for who you were before you signed. So keep being that person. Yes, absolutely. And I think also, you know, once you get that, like you have to be an educator. Like if you're an educator, be an educator, show up as that. If you're an influencer, make sure that you're doing like posts that are that are relevant to you and the industry, um, kind of like showing up in that space. But yeah, I totally agree. Just be, do it. Are you going to do it? I love that. Hey, um, uh, just by chance, we have the amazing secrets to the social media, Brie uh, Lolof on the on the stage. Hey, Brie, so I'm going to back the question up um, for for that I asked Megan a couple seconds ago, and that is, you know, what are you recommending for um, to having uh, uh, you know a private account and public account? Um, certainly, if you um, not public, but you know, like a professional account. Um, certainly, if you're looking for brand recognition, what what have you, what have you recommended? I mean, I absolutely think Megan, uh, you know, gave great advice on if you're making it more challenging for the brand, then I think the more you can streamline a process and the less you can, you know, you want your message to be relayed and delivered in one way, right? And if you have multiple accounts, like, I think that's fine, but you want to figure out what can you do to simplify this process for yourself and also for the brand. So I I absolutely agree with what Megan had to say regarding having one account and just simplifying things. And I think the bottom line is just being able to be yourself and showcasing who you are um, and aligning that with the brands you want to work with. And if it aligns and they feel the same way about you, but if you're living it and you're an authentic, you know, user of the products and an authentic person and an educator at heart, 
then whatever you put out should be aligned with the person that, you know, they're working with. And every once in a while, they're going to say, hey, can you also slip in that this is on sale? But it shouldn't be hard to find content to, to say that with. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it shouldn't ever be forced. You don't, you don't want to adapt and change who you are just because you want to work with a brand and you feel like it's the per- perfect thing. Like if it really is perfect, then you will align and you won't have to change who you, who you are or the things that you love posting about. You know, of course, there's going to be guidelines and things that brands want you to do. But I think the bottom line is, this, is having integrity and making sure that it feels right to you and not just doing it because to do it or to get that recognition from a brand. Like if it's meant to be, it will be 100%. So my big takeaway from the conversation is is kind of like, don't be for, uh, it's actually funny. Jen's in the room, right? So, uh, so here's a little backstory and I think, I think we'll, we'll weave it into making sense. So, uh, a couple years ago I had to go on stage and, and I was a nervous wreck and I have a whole story about, you know, why I'm nervous on stage and stuff. But, um, but I, I called, uh, I called, my my numero unero and Jen Plank and, and Jen gave me great advice and, and that advice was and we've talked about it on the podcast a thousand times but it's I might get a tattoo I talk about it so much. Um, Jen's advice to me is that your conversation isn't for everybody. Your conversation is for somebody. Now go find your somebodies. And, and, and it's great advice that I promise you it goes through my head at least once a week. Whenever I'm nervous about something, whenever I'm trying to refocus on something, Jen gave me that advice, and I can't believe she's in the stage now. But it also almost sounds like um, uh, what Bree was talking about and what Megan, what, what you were saying is like, it's like don't go out there and try to grab all the brands. Go find the brand that you most align with and get their attention or, or produce content that they would be interested in. Yeah, Megan? 100%. Like, like I keep coming back to is know what your goal is and then live it. You know, find out who you want to work with and make sure that that is authentic to you. You might also find that if you really, really, really want to work with this one brand and you start using all their products, it might not be what you thought it was going to be. And there might be a better opportunity for you. Could I say something? Yeah, Jess, go ahead. Jump on in. So I'm a L'Oreal colorist and um, for years I have been, you know, teaching color classes and whatnot. And I branched out um, as a Bumble and Bumble hairstylist and um, Orbe hairstylist. So there are some tricks too, you know, as a colorist for L'Oreal, I focus a lot on just distributing color throughout my Instagram for them. And then um, Orbe, I don't work for or Bumble, but they have reposted me internationally across the UK. I mean, um, for foundational work. So I have specific uh, specific content that I build only for those companies. And then that's what I repost. And then that's what they repost. And, um, you know, my Instagram, whoever's tagged my Instagram is actually originally how I was invited to Brandon Maxwell in 2017 um, for Fashion Week. So then began my Fashion Week career off my tagged Instagram, um, which was the proof that um, it was the foundation from Bumble and Bumble, which is harder than Orbe and Orbe, uh, Orbe for updos. So specific things I targeted to get the repost to be tagged. Um, and that helped me, even though I'm paid by one brand and not another, I actually was paid to go to Fashion Week um, by Orbe. So that was interesting, but it was a total cross pollination of all these brands, but it worked and they appreciated it and they liked it. That's amazing. You're That's like, you just kind so of never, valuable too. Yeah, you just never know like where this industry can lead you, right? Even if you even if you didn't want to go there, right? You can sometimes yeah, accidentally I mean, and I, end up. Yeah, 
exactly. It was a trip. And I thought, well, this is cool. This is awesome. And I didn't get in trouble from anyone, but it was wholeheartedly <laughs> just foundation and the art and the way that they appreciated it. And it was reposted everywhere, harebrained, you know, everywhere. And so it was cool how they all appreciate me in only that way. And so it allows me to be this artist that can travel around and be whoever I want to be and not kind of locked into one thing. That's amazing. Your authentic uses of the products that you really love worked out. Um, and one, you know, one tidbit from that for other artists and, and, you know, younger stylists maybe is you might not know who the parent company is of all of these different brands. So there's a lot of cross pollination within these big brands that if you're using a styling aid from one and color from another and nail products from another to create one whole look, and if they all feed up into one magical ownership company, you are the unicorn and they want to work with you. If you've used a piece from each of their lines, oh, they get happy about that. So use what speaks to you and what you can use best to create your art. Well, you mentioned just you didn't get in trouble. Obviously, that that's a contractual uh, issue. So, I mean, do you have advice to maybe some of the things that we should look out for or what we should uh, ask for in a contract so we can avoid maybe getting in trouble? No, I mean, there wasn't anything in the contract about um, Instagram and uh, about me, um, you know, as a colorist, I use all their products anyway. So it was just kind of by um, not accident. I mean, I was targeting certain people and I never... I think they, they don't mind you getting out. I mean, I was going to Fashion Week with Orbe, but not with L'Oreal. I was teaching color classes with L'Oreal. So therefore, I kind of had that against, not against anybody, but look, you guys didn't send me to Fashion Week, but they did. And it was like the top of the food chain Fashion Week, not once, but twice. So, um, and I've continued, I'm a colorist for um, the global creators, um, the global content creator of um, Orbe. I'm his hair colorist. So I do color his hair with L'Oreal. And I don't know if that helps, but um, my affiliation with the brand, um, I don't know. And I have a good attitude. I'm not against anyone. I'm only helping share a better uh, image for for myself as a stylist who at our salon, we carry multiple brands. So it's never been an issue. Um, it's not like I went and taught, a, you know, Orbe doesn't have color. So maybe that's the difference. But um, And in salons, L'Oreal and Orbe are typically carried together. So I feel like they still... You know, there was no um, animosity. It was appreciated. It was fine. I've also done um, collaborations with Chris Sorby, who's the creative director of Redkin. So I've kind of danced around all these brands, and no one seems to have an issue with it. That's a really great state, I think, that we're in as an industry. Like, like it, it seems like certainly younger in our careers, like, it, you know, there was these different communities or these different, like, pods, whether you're, you know, part of this L'Oreal pod or whether you were part of, you know, whatever pod, um, like the Aveda one was big as well. But, hey, real quick, um, uh, I'm about to ask Megan about uh, contracts and what we should look out for in contracts and if she has any advice about um, what you should ask for in, in the contract. And uh, Jay kind of brought that up before. But, uh, but before we do that, if you know anybody that's about to sign with a with a uh, with a brand, please ping them in the room because I think that this uh, information is going to be incredible. Um, uh, I know on the, we we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, so I know that there's a lot of value and there's a lot of worth there. Maybe we can jump Jay back in and uh, he can talk about his stuff. Yeah, and then if anybody has any questions, please raise your hand, come on stage, and uh, ask your question if if we're not hitting it. 
Good call. So, uh, so all right, Megan. So, um, I've gotten the attention of brands, and now um, you know they they want to do it. And I'm very very excited because you know this was my goal. Um, but even though I'm excited and and you know uh, to, trying to move forward in this, it, it, it's time to slow down, right? Definitely. And the best advice I can give you is know your worth, because if you're going to be out of the salon, like if they want you to be traveling, if you're going to be out of the salon for a certain amount of days, you need to know what that would be worth to you if you were in the salon. And if you, you need to know what a post on your page is worth to you and what, not just the post, right? It's the time that went into creating that content for them. It's the time that went into editing that video for them. So you need to know what your time is worth before you can tell them, okay, you know, $100 a post sounds good. Well, does it? Because $100, you know, doing a full highlight, $100 on a full highlight is, you know, not worth the time. <laughs> and the, the time that you would go in is not, um, not equal to what you would be getting. So just make sure that you know what your time is worth before going in. Um, do keep in mind that big brands have budgets. And they know what they're going to allocate to ambassadors, to travel, etc. So they have they have a, a, a bank, they have a bucket, and they can move things around a little bit. But if they make you an offer, and it's just completely not what you were looking for, you can always ask and you can say, hey, how about this or this? Or you can make some concessions, like maybe less, less activities for the same amount of money, etc. But if it's just completely out of line with what you were thinking, it's probably not the opportunity for you. Boom. Hey, Megan, so you've seen a lot of contracts. Uh, uh, have, yeah. Has anybody um, had anything like, uh, have, have, has anybody had like weird riders? <laughs> you know, for shows, we, we got some fun stuff. It was usually, like I mentioned on the podcast, it was usually about food. Um, what food that we were going to have in the back room because they know we're going to provide all the products and the models and everything else for them. But when you're like in a holding space in the back room or in the prep room for a long time, you start really eyeing that snack table. Um, so we got some fun requests for like a full sushi bar. And, you know, as a, as a brand, I want to give you what you need, but I'm not going to have a, a thousand dollars worth of sushi sitting there all day. Well, about, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think about a sushi bar in a back room is like the worst idea ever because, you know, uh, right. four o'clock comes around quick and who wants to eat like sushi yeah, from and it's, it's 10 hours ago? There and, you know, we, we want to make sure that you eat throughout the day, but also you're probably not. You're really, you're going to graze a little bit, but when you're working in the, those prep rooms, you just, it's go, go, go at shows. And by the time you sit down, you know, that sushi would be a little fishy. <laughs> that is not good sushi. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Plank. Uh, I, I'm going to plank you here a little bit. Uh, on the bottom right hand is your microphone if you want to unmute it. So, I, I'm, <laughs> Jen, you, you can tell it's my first time. Everybody's it's totally your first me. time. Hey, <laughs> hey, Jen, so, I mean, nobody has, like, created their own brand like you've created your own brand. And you've kind of did it, you kind of did it, like, even before social media took off. Like, like what was your commitments to, to, uh, to, uh, to creating your own brand and with the idea that maybe a brand would be interested in your brand. So, so kind of walk us through that a little bit, Jen. It's so weird when people say that, cause I don't really think that I created myself as a brand. What I think happened was I went directly to the hairdressers. Like I literally 
just walked the show floor every show and made friends with as many people as I could and listened to other people's stories and tried to figure out what would be the thing that I could give that would be the greatest gift back to my peers. And what was the thing that I was born to do? And I think I would say, like you've heard everybody else say, you know, listen to like your gifts, your purpose, your story, your destiny, and listen to it with your soul. Don't listen to it with your ears. And definitely know your worth. I knew my worth and I knew I had something to give when people told me that I was helping them. And I think that was when I started to lean more into keeping on doing what I was doing. But then I started making friends with like Justin Isaac and Sam Via and, you know, Christopher Benson and Lori Zabel, like all of my friends that came from surface, like we would see each other every weekend. And we really became this like group of like, I guess, like roadies that we were like a family. And then we started cross pollinating for each other. You know, there was a group of five of us that were all from different brands. And every weekend we would go out to dinner together privately. And no one really knew we were doing that because not everybody was a huge fan of us cross pollinating, but we didn't care. We just genuinely really loved each other. And so I think give your gift, but be really open to like cross pollinating no matter what sticker someone wears or what brand they work for, because we're all just trying to help each other and inspire each other and give our gift and let our light shine. So don't be afraid. And if someone tells you no, it might just be not yet. You know, Redkin told me no five times before they let me be a part of the symposium, but I just kept going back and trying again. And so don't give up, be super humble, be super kind. And you'll know the right brand when, when it's time. It's like when you know it's your right salon team or when you know you've met your soulmate. And for me, I kind of went the opposite of everybody on the call where like I, I wouldn't sign and I, I stayed very neutral and non-denominational. And then, you know, with TG now, it was just, it was an organic, perfect fit for me. And so it took me almost 30 years to find the perfect brand for me, but I found it. And, you know, for now, that's the perfect fit and things could change and just, that's okay too. So enjoy the ride, enjoy the ride. Well, we're in a really unique situation because we have a uh, uh, Keon Washington on the stage, and actually, Keon, um, Megan signed Keon, part of the uh, to part of the Cosmoprof team. So, Keon, a, a quick warning: uh, there's other people in the room, so we're going to limit your talking to about a minute and a half or two minutes. But, uh, but how did you get on Megan's radar, and how did you get on Cosmoprof's radar to uh, to get signed with them? So, hello, hello. I had to unmute myself. Hey, everybody, and hey, Meg. Hey, uh. Uh, Corey, hey, Jen, hey, Jay, hey, Jesse, hey, everybody that's in the room, a minute and a half. I can do that because I actually have an interview that I'm about to do here in like five minutes. So, Megan, Megan Jens, everybody, I still to this day call Megan Boss Lady. Even though Megan is not technically my boss now, I still call her that because she brought me into such a great position, her and others who took a chance on me. So, if I had to say anything for anybody about getting with a company and how I got with Cosmic Pop, it's the same exact way. I didn't chase anybody or, you know, they said chase your dreams. I say make your dreams chase you. And what I mean is Cosmic Prop could have went for a million other people. I'm pretty sure my name got mentioned by some peers, friends who respected me in the industry as well. But they also knew my work ethic was completely crazy and my personality matched it. And that got the attention of people like Meg and Jen and the people who brought me onto the team. And uh, it was a risk. It was on a limb because I'm a, a lot to receive in 30 seconds. So when they all met me, I'm pretty sure they were like, uh, yeah, Megan, right? 
I love you so much, but you are so much. <laughs> I am. I'm pretty sure anybody who's met me knows I'm a lot, but that's how anybody who I guess you can consider great is a lot. So I put in the work. I mean, and when I tell you work, I went and decided at one moment in my life, how am I going to get people to notice me in a sea of people like myself? I did things that made me stand out. I went to a hair show where there were 60,000 people at Premier Orlando, and I walked around the entire hair show with clippers, a cape, a brush, neck strips, razors, and all that in each pocket of every pocket that I had on my body. And I cut hair standing outside at 2 a.m. in the morning, and it drew a crowd. I did stuff that made me stand out. I worked from night and day. I posted different. I, um, I used the brands consistently. I put myself in their faces at shows and not just tagged them, and that made people notice me. If you want to get with brands, you want them to recognize you, don't just try to get their attention because you want them to have your attention. Uh, you have their attention. You want them to know that you really are for them and that you really want to be a part of this industry's continued growth. So, yeah, that's my quick advice. So uh, back He to- also did all that wearing a button-up Rugrats T-shirt. <laughs> I did. <And> honestly, <laughs> yes. caught my eye. I was like, who is this barber running around in this bomb shirt with clippers coming out of every pocket? And he was literally everywhere. He was everywhere. And I think that's what a lot of people, uh, I guess, miss because of the power of social media. We all think that if, hey, if I get on here and I tag Reckon six times or a hundred times, they'll notice me. No, like there are a million people, a hundred million, two million, you know, uh, there are millions of people trying to get their attention online and it's giving them free advertising. But my secret weapon was, I love wall clippers. When I went to the very first hair show I ever attended, I went to wall and say, hey, I'm Keon the Barber. You know, I love y'all. Y'all see my stuff. But at the time, I'm just another person walking up. So what did I do? The next hair show, I paid whatever. I went to hair shows when I had enough money to get back home, and that was it. I worked and helped set up and tear down stages with companies just to be able to afford my ticket. But I went there to the next hair show and said, hey, I'm Keon. They're like, yeah, you were in Chicago. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the third time I went to the next hair show, they're like, hey, Keon, man, it's good to see you again. And then the fourth time they're like, hey, what's your email, man? We can send you some stuff or we're going to lunch. You want to catch lunch with us? Perfect. That consistency, no different than being in a relationship or being a good friend or a parent or at a job. Be consistent in your approach. Don't give up because it didn't work the first time, like Jen said, or the second or the third or fourth or fifth. Be consistent because your consistency is for you and not for them. Everybody just take that in because that was perfect way to sum up exactly how to get noticed and be in the right position to just stay in front of the people you want to work with and be authentic. And they will, it'll either work out or they will fall in love with you or, you know, you'll just be at a bunch of hair shows meeting other opportunities. And one more thing before I go, because this is actually a very pivotal one. And I've got to say this because a lot of people don't seem to understand the importance of it. So be mindful, anybody on here, it doesn't matter if you want to be an influencer, an ambassador, an educator, or just work for the company. You got to understand that in order for you to get what you want, get what you want, you have to be what you want, right? And when I say that, I mean by this: nobody makes you an educator. If you're an educator, then you're an educator. Nobody makes you an educator. You just become an educator for said company or person or partnership. But in order to be an educator, you need to be that, and nobody can make you that but you. So if you want to get picked up by a company for being an educator, the first thing we do is look at their first nine posts on Instagram. You got six pictures of you and your boyfriend, girlfriend, two of your dog, and one of a haircut. That doesn't tell me that you want to be an educator. It just tells me, like, blogging about your life here and there. But whenever somebody picks up, like, LeBron James or in basketball or Garth Brooks getting a record deal, 
they need to see a track record. So if I am wanting to pick you up as an educator for TG, for Blondor, for Olaplex, if I look on your page, I need to see some videos you showing. How did I do this top knot bun style? How did I get this blind? I need to show the steps or something that shows me you're an educator already because I'm not going to assign you to an NBA basketball deal if you just did a dunk at a basketball court in a park. I need to see a high school track record, college, middle school. I need to see that this person has done that. So if you want to be picked up by somebody, show them that you're dead at first glance because somebody that owns all the places doesn't have time to look you up. They have people doing that on their social media. And if the people that are looking for you look on your social media and don't see education, then why would they consider you as an educator? They're not going to pick you up. You got to show them. Show them. Okay? So whatever you want to be, be it. And then you'll be it. Boom. I got to go, everybody. Thank y'all for having me. I'm gonna Thank you, Keon. Yeah. I love you all. Megan, you just Jake, everybody in here. Go for what you want. Make them come for you. Don't don't go for fame. Just work so hard you can't be ignored, and they will find you. Trust me. I can't be ignored. I'm loud to tell in every room whether I dress or talk, and I show with my energy. Keon, you're the best. Boom. Y'all are the best. Keon, the you're the best. Positioning, it's real. It is. I love y'all, and I will stay tuned and be back next time to catch you all. All right, Keon. Thanks. Bye, for, thank th- you. Thanks for keeping that to a minute and a half. That was pretty awesome too. Hey, so uh, (laughs) so real quick, uh, we're going to reset the room a little bit. We're talking to Megan and Jesse and Jen and Jay. Um, they, they, uh, they all have experience with brands. They all have, they, they can all answer questions, um, for you. Uh, you know, Megan is unique in that, um, she actually worked for a major distributor. So, uh, you know, she, uh, she, she can tell you how, uh, she was signing people as a distributor. So if you have any questions in the room, you know, by all means, raise your hand, let's get you up on stage and let's get some questions asked. Yeah. Cause what's great is that we have both perspectives right we have the brand perspective what they're looking for and we have the actual hairdresser perspective you know fighting for what they want and so you got you got all these people on stage right now can answer both sides of the of the coin so definitely uh jump on up and uh ask away hey core can i jump in for one sec please so i think one of the things to remember too when it comes to contracts just as an as an artist is that you can also have somebody else to read that for you. Like, don't be overwhelmed by the contract. You know, not all hairdressers and artists have ever signed a contract before. So, you know, when I signed my contracts, I didn't have someone like Megan here that was like this amazing resource to kind of give you some some tips on what to look for, what to sign, what not to sign. But I will tell you, don't be afraid to like slide the contract back across the table if it's not the right fit. Like, you have to really listen to what you want, what your story is, and know your worth. Like, I can't say that enough because there's been contracts that I have signed, and there's also been contracts that I've slid right back across the table. And I'm not going to lie, it made some throw up come up a little bit in the back <laughs> of my throat, but it was the right it was the right decision at the time. And I think, like, sometimes those decisions that are a little bit tougher are the right ones. So, Megan, can you kind of talk about or share with them, what are some like pivotal things that are like, you probably shouldn't sign it right away if it says this, like some of the pitfalls that we don't always know to look for. I think that would be really helpful. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because please do have someone else look it over. Because if you're getting a contract from a big brand, it's so exciting, right? And you're just looking at it like, oh my God, they want to work with me. They want to give me money for doing things I like to do. But really take a step back have someone impartial look it over and read it and say, hey, this is a lot of deliverables. Like, are you going to be able to post 20 times a month on just five different platforms? Like, definitely have someone look at it. Um, 
So the things I would encourage you to look at are A, the deliverables, because if it's an unreasonable amount of posts and content to create, then it's got to be worth it monetarily, right? Because at this point, you really shouldn't be doing things for exposure. Um, it's, it's a lot of work that you put in just for the exposure. And while that can be beneficial in the beginning, if you're at the point of signing a contract with a brand, then you're valuable. And you need to realize and recognize your worth because they certainly do. Um, another piece that I would um, you know, encourage you to look at is the time involvement, like if there's going to be travel dates. So if there's a travel, if you're going to a show, then you need to be compensated for travel days as well. Anytime that you are not in your salon making money your way, they need to compensate for that. They have the budget. They've already worked this out. Um, typically, I would say charge half a day rate for travel days. So one extra day rate for a travel day on either end. Um, so yeah, the deliverables are the big thing. Oh, exclusivity. If you are a authentic artist who uses five different color lines and you need to be able to use those color lines to create what you create, be very careful about the exclusivity clauses that you sign. Because brands are definitely, they want you to speak on their behalf, right? And if I'm one major color brand, I don't want you to be posting about my number one competitor. So it's logical for them to put exclusivities into your agreement. Some of them are real easy. Like, just don't use this one line, please. Like, just anything else. You can use anything but this one other color line. And if you can do that and that works for you, then that's great. Sign away. Be a part of their family. But if you absolutely have to be able to use every color and every line, then that's something you need to push back on. And be prepared that that might be a deal breaker. Because, you know, whether it's salon-centric or Cosmoprof, they carry different lines, right? So that's something that we definitely included in our agreement was you couldn't use certain competitive lines. Did it happen? Probably. Did they post about it? No. So definitely look for those exclusivity clauses. Um, yeah, the top things, exclusivity, deliverables, and you know the time investment that they're going to be asking you. And definitely, definitely have someone else look at those contracts. You know, I've been away from Cosmoprof for almost two years now or a year and a half now and I still have so many of my beauty friends who will ask me hey can you look at this does this look right does this sound right this feels like a lot um or how can I what verbiage can I use to ask for this or that and I'm more than happy to push back in a very corporate tone for them that's awesome that's awesome advice too so uh uh, so I, I want to welcome Jennifer to the stage. Jennifer, welcome to the stage. Um, do you have any questions for uh, any of our panelists? Good morning. Yeah. So I have kind of like a two-part question. Um, so I, I'm curious, um, you know, it seems like the common theme is like get on people's radar, um, know what you're worth. But someone that's like looking to kind of get on someone's radar, how it's but how would you approach them? Like, there's got to be a step in between, or are you supposed to be like, hey, this is what I'm interested in doing. Um, here's what I would want to charge. You know, like, what's the kind of, like, ease-in type thing? And then the second question would be, like, what are some industry common standards for, like, rates for posts 
for stories, for travel, for shows, things like that. So are you looking to work with a brand or are you trying to get in with more of a, um, like a distributor? Um, I would look to be more like with a brand. Okay. Then the number one thing to be doing is authentically using those products. In every single post, make sure that you call out your formulas, make sure you call out exactly which products you're using, find out the brand's hashtags, use them, because that is where they go to pull content from. Um, and if you consistently stay in front of them, they'll at least know your name. So I would say if you're not already doing it, start consistently tagging them using their hashtags now. Give it two, three months, because I can tell you sitting in an office, a month goes by in the blink of an eye, and you're just like, where did April go? Like, it, it time just disappears when you're in an office building. And, or I guess working from home now. <laughs> but time just goes by so fast. And when you're, you're really eager, and you're excited to be working with them, and they see that, and they see all of your tags. So make sure you're, you're doing that consistently. Then maybe like two, three months from now, start DMing them. And maybe not, you know, aggressively, I want to work with you. But every time they post a story, every time they, they share something into their stories, comment on it. So you're like nonchalantly sliding into their DMs talking about, oh, hey, I love this. You know, Jessie is amazing. And she does that to BCL all the time. Every time I post a story, she's like, oh, I love this, Megan. This is great. Thank you for sharing this. And it just, it keeps her top of mind without being like, hey, remember me? So it, it, it's a non-aggressive way to stay in front of people. That's kind of your, your next step. Because eventually, when that brand needs an artist to talk about a new product, they're going to say, oh, wait, Jennifer can do this. And, you know, at first, they'll probably just send you the product to try out. But it'll grow from there. Cool. Awesome. Really great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome advice, Megan. Um, there's just, I, I've actually never heard, I've never really heard of this conversation happening, right? Like we, I've never heard like an open conversation about contracts for the industry and stuff. Hey, so, uh, so once again, if you have a, if you have a question for Megan or anybody else on the panel, um, by all means, uh, raise your hand, let's get you up here. Um, we, we'd love to uh, answer some questions for you. Hey, Jay, I want to kind of go back a little bit with you. Um, we were talking about deliverables. Has there ever been like a situation to where um, you've had a, uh, a brand relationship and the deliverables were, were too much or you got overwhelmed with it? Oh, absolutely. I think in the beginning of my influencership, like with brands, um, I bit off way too much in the beginning, I think that is reality. Um, but I think what helped was I was focused on the relationship side, like just being authentic and transparent. And I always live by a closed mouth never gets fed and no one knows who you are unless you tell them. So I was very authentic, like, Hey, I, I understand you want me to do like 30 posts a month, but like, let's get real. Like that that's kind of like, so maybe can we try it at 15? And they were always open to it because at the end of the day, it's a relationship. So both of us need to feel steady and ready together and have that flow. So just being open and honest, I think is clear as kind, right? Brene Brown. So just being clear with your intentions 
which opens up the relationship a little bit more because at the end of the day, you're building a relationship. So you have to be transparent. Isn't it funny, no matter who we talk to, uh, like on this format. Four years and I absolutely love them. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how this conversation, no matter what conversation we have uh, in this industry, it, it all comes back to relationships, right? It comes back to like, you know, if you want to grow your social media, um, if you want to grow your social media following, like have real relationships, you know, it all comes back down to just being social. Isn't that what social media is about? Just being social. Um, Hey, hey, Plank, have you had some, uh, have you had some deliverables or, uh, were there times early, uh, in your contracts where like you got a little bit wide eyed and, and overwhelmed? Yeah. Like always <laughs> <laughs> every contract that ever came, I was like, Oh no. And I was, I was really fortunate because I had an agent that worked for me and he actually was a former employee of Maley's, um, which was salon centric back in the day. And so I trusted him and he knew me as a very young, bright eyed and bushy tailed, naive stylist. And so I trusted him with my money. And so the first contracts that I ever had, my agent actually signed the contract. I wouldn't put my name on the contract because I was so terrified and overwhelmed. That's why I was, I've been texting Corey this whole time that this information that, that everyone's getting is unprecedented in our industry. We do not have this conversation. And it's so amazing that we can all just really be authentic and transparent and share these experiences because I think it will give other beauty pros and future educators the confidence they need to not sweat and throw up and, and freak out. But yeah, there's been many times where um, I was overwhelmed and I didn't know what to do. And I just reached out to someone like Megan and said, I'm overwhelmed. Like, is this a good fit for me? What are the things I need to think about? And if you have great people around you, you can trust, they'll tell you like, this is going to be great for you, Jen, but are you really going to want to work in the salon this time, then fly here, then come back and do that and burn yourself out? Because the other thing is, is I also own a salon and I'm also behind the chair. So if you're behind the chair, you own a salon, you have a team and you're on tour full time. All of those things that are in that contract mean a little bit extra more to you because you have no more time left. So, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have a husband because the industry has been the soulmates of my life. And I think that, you know, those are the things when I sign a contract, I look for whether it's going to feed my soul and help me give my purpose. And if it does, you got my my name right on the line. And if it doesn't, then I slide it right back across the table. I love that, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. Because be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> yes. I think there's probably a few of us on this call that were like, oh, girl, I've laid on the bathroom floor, like in the good times and in the great times. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's a lot. Kate, can I share something really quick? Um, I, I just want to share this. I, so the last round of like my contracts where I was really, Jen, I love that you said like you found your perfect brand. I have now too with Oligo Professional, but I was, so fortunate, grateful. My heart was full that I had the opportunity to talk to three brands at once, which I was just like blown away. But what I did in the last couple meetings was this. I asked them who I was to them. Who was Jay Leitner in the industry? And what did, do I bring to the table for them? And their answer is who I eventually went with the people who really paid attention to what moved my heart and where I wanted to go. 
and who I really was. Like, were they aware of what I stood for? And that's no stylist will be left behind. So that also is a great way to say, like, once you're building that relationship, like, how do you see me? Who am I? Like, if you can answer that, because I'm very transparent in my truth and in my walk and what I stand for. So once, you know, Oligo came to the table and was like, boom, this is who you are. I was like, that's my home. They know exactly where I stand. Boom. That's like the greatest, like a uh, piece of vetting uh, 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 material ever. You know, we were talking about, you know, your contract has to, you have to believe in that brand and that brand has to believe in you. And what a, what a great way to, uh, to vet that. Um, that, that was awesome. Jay. Hey, Chris, welcome to the stage. I'm just a reminder to anybody in the audience, please follow everybody that comes on the stage. If they're brave enough to come up on the stage, they're brave enough to get a follow. Um, Chris, uh, welcome to the stage. And uh, let's, let's hear your question, comment, whatever. Well, thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. Um, I just I want to make a comment kind of to elaborate on what Keon said. And just for full disclosure, I am a brand. Uh, I have my own brand and we're constantly hiring educators and looking for ambassadors as we grow. Um, the number one thing we are looking for is just belief in our product. I know that. So uh, like we aren't big enough to, to have a ton of brand ambassadors. So what we've done for education in the past, kind of pre-COVID was, I know a lot of independent educators, and whenever we provide education, I would go in, give a product knowledge, and then I would hire, you know, an independent educator. They can teach whatever they want. Uh, that way, you know, everyone's kind of winning. We get a chance to talk about our product. Um, the educator gets a chance to actually provide in, independent education that's kind of free of our brand. Um, and then there's obviously value provided by that educator. My question for you guys is, we're a very small brand, but as we grow, we're constantly looking for people with similar core beliefs to align ourselves with. What's the best way we can kind of find people that aren't looking for a super big brand? Because we, we don't have the, the resources that a Cosmoprop has or even a distributor has. So what are the things that we can do with a smaller brand to help attract people uh, that we can invest in and then in turn, hopefully grow together? Well, I think definitely kind of echoing Jay is making sure that you're very transparent about what the brand is and where the brand stands on everything. Um, because if I'm a, an artist who genuinely loves the product and the brand and gets in early and wants to help the brand grow, that's definitely a big motivator uh, for a lot of artists is to be a part of growing what they believe in. So A, always being transparent about who you are, what the brand stands for. Then I think from there, it's going to be experiential, right? Because we can't really trade so much on just product anymore. Um, I don't, I don't see that as being a big, big motivator for a lot of artists right now. But if it's an experience, like I'll bring you to this show when God willing, we all get back to shows. If we will bring you to this show. Um, you'll get to educate. You'll get to meet lots of other people while you're there. That'll be good exposure for you. I don't know if I would use the word, you know, we'll pay you an exposure, but definitely the experience um, and definitely just building that relationship, right? So if you're building that relationship with them, they need to understand that this is kind of, this is the ground floor of a high rise. You're going to be with us for this ride and it's going to go great places together. And I think that will resonate really well with a lot of artists, but I would love to hear from an artist of what that could mean to them. 
I absolutely love that, Megan. And Chris, what a wonderful question to raise. And I think that Megan answered it perfectly. And also, I think, you know, once you find those people, like, constantly checking in with them, like, every month or every other month, like, really keeping that relationship strong and keeping it clear and saying and letting them, if they're going to rise up with you, that they're in the room with you. They know what's going on and they're a part of that process to help you build your amazing brand at at last. So I think that that transparency is everything and giving them opportunity to maybe add value in the way that you look at your branding or the way that your Instagram lives and the videos that you have out, like they have some freedom in that sense of like helping you create the awareness side of it. And just kind of walking in with them hand in hand and just reminding them that, hey, you're awesome. Like, we're glad you're here. And these are the opportunities as they come. Great. Thank you. That's so great, Jay. Thanks for thanks for input. Uh, uh, Chris, hopefully that answered your question. If you don't have a follow-up question, we're going to move over to Abby. Um, Abby, uh, welcome to the stage. And uh, if you have any questions or let's know what your question is or what your comment is. Hi, thank you for having me. I actually wanted to chime in on what Chris's question was. I have the perspective as the educator for the kind of company that like Chris has. So I am an independent educator and I work with Sunlight Balayage for Candy Shop. So I am independent, but helping her, not helping her, but I started with her about five years ago when the company was newer. So as an independent educator, working with her, exactly like everything Jay said, the reason why I wanted to be part of that is I wanted to help that brand awareness. I wanted to grow with it. I believed in the product. I believed in her mission and her point of view on education for our industry. So in turn, she has made everyone feel like we're part of her family. And she just, everything like Jay was saying, she, um, she really just includes us and we're in on the conversation. We have our own little community as our Sunrise Educators team. And we are the ones that have to get out there, um, create our own classes and, 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 and build our own brand as our own personal educator, but we're doing it under the Sunlight's umbrella. And I can say that the way that she's done that is by just creating this excitement about the brand, really making us all feel part of her family, like we're part of this movement for her company. Um, she does not have a problem attracting these stylists. And then we're just in her world and she's a mentor to all of us as well. So I just wanted to provide that perspective as the educator working with a brand like hers. And it just sounded familiar to what you're saying. So I don't know if that helps, but just being in her world and feeling part of her family and, and feeling like I have a piece of helping her brand awareness makes me feel um it feels very worth it for me on all levels ab thank you so much um we lo- we love miss candy shaw and, and everything that she's doing for the industry um real quick uh we're gonna uh, keep uh hand raising open for about one minute um if you if you have any uh questions that you want to ask the panel you have about one minute to uh to uh to raise your hand and then we're going to shut the hand raising feature off um please welcome to the stage miss stephanie luster uh stephanie uh welcome to the stage and thank you for uh thank you for uh jumping on the stage with us hey guys thank you for having me up on the stage. 
Um, I'm excited to be in this room. I just jumped in a few minutes ago when I got in on uh, Clubhouse, so excuse me if I am asking something that is redundant. But um, first of all, I'm Stephanie Lester. I am the owner of Safety Incorporated, which is a brand. We manufacture um, all of our stuff in the Chicagoland area. And we are a pretty big brand in the ethnic arena. Um, and so we've become the partner of choice for stylists, uh, professional stylists, and for consumers as well. As far as um, their hair choices are, giving them the freedom to be able to wear their hair whichever way they like. And we have full education team. Of course, we've been shut down for COVID reasons, but we have historically held, um, we have distributors across the nation, and we've historically held classes in um, those different territories and cities. And then we have those educators that go in and teach for us, and we do training in, um, you know, a, a couple times a year. My question is, um, and I hate to kind of pose it this way, but I'm just ignorant and don't know. Um, so what we're doing now is I have a, a new line with one that's coming out and one that's already been out. The first line is uh, targeted to extensions. So of course, this is not just an ethnic line, it's a line that blurs all of the uh, you know, race or color or texture um, type of parameters. And so I'm really delving into an area that I don't know much about as far as the educators um, and with it being a colorless brand because extensions are basically the same, whether it's wigs or, or tips or whatever the, the um, extension is, this is a brand that kind of caters to the commercial hair and not necessarily to the hair on the head. So um, I'm wondering how to get brand ambassadors, educators that may not look like my brand so far um, in order to push this line to um, the other ethnicities. So any any help I can get with that would be great. I have a, a little bit of insight on it. And you know, thank you for, for continuing to push the boundaries of, of the industry and bringing new solutions. Um, I think I would definitely look for folks who are currently using extensions or wig work and reach out to them and tell them exactly what you just told us, that you're looking to grow your, your brand with people of all different types and that you would love for them to be a part of growing this into new demographics, into new sections of people. And that'll make them feel great of like, hey, they found me, they validate me, they see my work and they want me to help them grow. And you know they're gonna have to use the product and they're gonna have to be authentic uh, users and, and really believe in it. But definitely telling them your goals and that you're looking to expand your audience in that way and they could help you is the first step. Boom. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Megan. Um, uh, real quick, we're going to we're about to jump off of this uh, this call. Hey, listen, tomorrow at 1130 a.m. We're going to be back on with uh, with Jen Plank. If you uh, if you go to our if you go to our page or our, our clubhouse page and you hit the bell there, you'll get and push always. You'll get notifications whenever we go up on stage. And, um, you know, we're not scared to have the tough conversation, as you heard today. You know, uh, contract conversations are, are are strange ones and they always feel a little, you know, uneasy. But um, but uh, we're going to talk to Jen Plank tomorrow. Um, it was actually supposed to be her first uh, clubhouse experience, but she came on for a couple of minutes today. But, you know, if you spend more than two minutes with Jen, you know how dynamic she is and, and how uh, after you talk to her, you kind of want to run through a wall for her as well. So once again, thank you, everybody uh, on stage. Make sure that you give them a follow. Thank you, everybody in the audience. And uh, we will see you tomorrow.
piece and hair grease. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.